0: Sometimes unconventional, but always entertaining. They're kooky and they're spooky. It's time to cross to the other side. Welcome to Spooky Sundays with Anne and Renata.
1: And good evening, spooksters and parastalkers and paralurkers and... The Grand Pooh Bars are frightfully good. We welcome you all to Spooky Sundays on Newcastle Live Radio with your hosts, myself, Anne Reckovich, and.
0: And the quiet one in the corner, Renata Daniel.
1: Yeah, I've had one too many coffees today. So uh, heaven help you all out there who are listening. Oh, jam-packed show again, Renata? Oh, we've got an
0: awesome, awesome two hours for you guys. We're going to be talking about black-eyed children, exorcisms, should you pay uh, paranormal investigators to come and remove ghosts from your home. And Chris is going to take us back to the 1970s as she talks about orange pomanders. <laughs> <laughs> Please don't pick on the orange pomandos. I like them. (laughs) I want to see messages coming up on this phone here if you know what an orange pomander is. If you are old enough to have made one... Way back in the dark ages, yep, and know what an orange pomander is, I want to see this mobile phone light up and go, yes, yes, yes. So the number is zero four nine zero eight four triple eight six 049084886, because we're going deep into orange pomander <laughs> oh, land.
1: I do like going deep. <laughs> know you Speaking do. of which, it's my wedding anniversary. <laughs> oh.
0: <laughs> Happy wedding anniversary. How many years?
1: 13. Oh my God. I got married when I was five. You know you would have been released from prison by that <laughs> you killed him. No, I got a good one. I was lucky. Mm. I was really lucky and he was even out ghost hunting with us last night wasn't he? He
0: was and he was fabulous. Anyone that came on uh, to Maitland Jail last night would have noticed uh, Roman in Sea Wing with me and
1: Yeah, he, I palmed him off. And, <laughs> and
0: he was freaking awesome and the group that we had last night just asked so many great questions. There it was such an interactive group, uh, really, really awesome, really awesome. So anyone who's listening there Who Came last night, kudos to you guys because you were fabulous. Um, but we have some more coming up before the end of the year.
1: Yeah, and uh, some of you may know Roman, my husband. He is on the TV series with us that we did, The Space Between, which mm-hmm. is on 7 Plus. So he was the intelligent sounding one. <laughs> Excuse
0: me, I you're saying we, we weren't intelligent. No,
1: they asked hard questions when we were on camera and I'm like going, oh da, ah, ah. Luckily, they edited those bits out. Okay. Now, we start off every show with some paranormal news. So do you have some, Renata?
0: I do have some paranormal news, and this is about black-eyed children who have been spotted yet again in Cannock Chase in England. Now, if you want to know where Cannock
1: Chase is... She's getting out Google Maps. You ready? It is
0: um, in the Staffordshire area. You turn area.
1: left and then go 100 <laughs> metres and you go Right. Shush!
0: Um, it is in um, yeah somewhere in Staffordshire. It's in the
1: UK. And
0: look, it's apparently it's a really lovely area. There's uh, woodland. Um, there's plantations of conifers. There's open hearthland, There's small lakes, and the remains of an early uh, coal mining uh, industry there. Um, But apparently it's very, very haunted. And people have been seeing these weird black-eyed children um, over the years. So I'm going to read you one story right now of um, a spotting that occurred uh, not too long ago. But in my second segment in the second hour, I'm actually going to talk more about these black-eyed children because I find it interesting that people go out to explore the same piece of paranormal evidence, and they all come up with a different perspective as to what it is and why it's there. So this is a story um, that was written by Gareth Roberts and Mike Lockley, and it is about one of the UK's leading mediums who claims to have snared the spirit on film after its return to Cannot Chase, Hang on. following an unexplained 30-year absence.
1: Did the medium go to the Arthur Finlay School of Mediumship <laughs> like we did? Oh, I don't know, um, but we, if, we've if, got a piece of paper to say we did. If, <laughs> if you
0: if you go to. Um Uh, Newcastle Live radio uh, community page you will actually see a photograph of this just scroll down and you'll see this photograph this alleged photo um, where this alleged spirit has been caught and I'm wondering what you think about it I know someone called um, me a superstitious moron when I put it up (laughs) but um, yeah I've used other names not that one (laughs) Uh, what do you think of this particular photo? It's like I said, it's on Newcastle Live Radio. You might have to scroll back a couple, uh, but I did put it on on Friday. No, it's the
1: group, not the Newcastle Live page, but Newcastle Live Radio, Radio community. group.
0: Yeah, yeah. So this is this spooky snap, which is on the page, the first time an infamous ghost known as the Black Eyed Child has been captured on camera. That's a chilling claim of top psychic Christine Hamlet. The medium believes she has snared the. Child spirit known to roam the sprawling hearthland of Canock Chase in Staffordshire. Christine from Norwich, Cheshire, claims the haunting image shows the fabled and feared black-eyed child praying in the dense woodland. The clairvoyant, 57, captured the picture near the Birch's Valley Visitor's Centre. And she believes the ghoulish child could be one of the many phantoms she has made contact with that died of the now treatable but then deadly childhood diseases like smallpox and diphtheria. That's how we're going to look at COVID, you know, when we get that far along. Yes, yes. She told Birmingham Mail they are asking for help, but they didn't want help to get back into the light. I'm not sure I understand that statement, but we'll leave it at that. They were
1: happy sitting in the demonic dark, Renata. They didn't want to go to the light. They were happy sitting in the dark.
0: Right, so anyone who can't see the picture, it is... They're not um, obviously not woke. No, it's, it, no. <laughs> no, they literally can't see the picture. I'll explain what what is there. It's um, a black and white photograph and it's got two big or large trees. So you can see the trunks of the trees. And in between the trunks of the trees is what looks like someone stooping down uh, with their head down and some sort of covering like a shawl or something around them. Um, so they... they they really look as if they're sort of kneeling or stooping down and um, just so everyone understands what we're looking at there is a circle around it um, so very sort of similar to photographs that you might see but this kind of went viral when it came up so Christine is just one of a string of ghost hunters to flock to the haunted hotspot after the, a plague of sightings of the girl with the coal pit eyes and she revealed the secret of her success snap listen to this I wonder what you think about this end. Mm-hmm. so this is the technique she uses the pan and water technique this involves photographing the reflections of ghouls in the water rather than traditional point and click of everyday snapper
1: i have done this right Uh, with different coloured lights as well with a a past paranormal team that I was involved in Uh and what you do is you've got your camera set up on a little tripod with a fast shutter Mm -hmm. um, sorry not fast shutter uh, multiple shots um, you know you can set it to take like 20 shots by holding it down so you've got tripod you've got a uh, normally it was a silver bowl that they used to use they'd put water in it and then they put another coloured light like red light blue light trying different things to see what would work, mm-hmm. and then you'd agitate the water, you'd shake the water, and then you'd press the shutter and it would take photos. Well, that's like pareidolia to yes. the hundreds thousandth degree. Yes, but there were some interesting results when uh, they were playing some Elvis music and some of the photos at that time looked like Elvis with mm. the high collar and the, the hair and everything. It did. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Yeah, she doesn't believe me.
0: <laughs> um, Christine's husband David grabbed the picture as the pair scanned the landscape for ghosts. She added, it, "I help ghosts. I help spirits who I'm, are earthbound. I'm special. <laughs> earthbound for whatever reason. They have a message or something to say before they pass on. There is a light, and they have to go to it.
1: <laughs> <laughs> or else, Just saying, Or else, spirits. You're dead." <laughs> Go to the light or I'm going to smack your bottom. So I try
0: to reassure them that there are people in the light who will help them. Oh, far out.
1: <laughs> oh, I thought we were going to have to hit the uh, dump button then. I thought there was another F word coming.
0: Oh. Christine <laughs> claims a troubled spirit could be one of the many buried in an unmarked grave after dying in a workhouse. Now, where did she find the workhouse bit? Added to this, but never mind. And of the girl's ghastly charcoal eye sockets, she added, "The eyes are for effect." What? The Is eyes this person on acid. <laughs> the eyes are for, like <laughs> this. There's, there's little kids over on the other side going, "I wonder how it can look even more spooky." Oh, I'll poke my eyes
1: out, <laughs> make them dark holes. Hey, Bob, look at this. <laughs> it's not spooky. <laughs> You remember when kids used to fold their their eyelashes inside out and you'd have the fleshy bits and then the the, the, hair? Oh, it was bad.
0: So these children have a story and they want it told. I don't think that's the appropriate way.
1: She's making this stuff up, whoever this woman is.
0: The black-eyed child of Canuck Chase has quickly become an internet sensation. The child has not been spotted for 30 years, but a plague of sightings in recent weeks has sparked worldwide interest. Some witnesses claim the child giggles and calls... For help, while the descriptions of the child are identical to those chronicled in the early 1980s. I've got tears running down my face. And experts have offered up a string of theories for its existence, from a mass hallucination to links to a Celtic tribe known for blood sacrifices. Of course, there always <laughs> must be one. <laughs> one. One eyewitness account related to paranormal investigator Lee Brickley. Um, Told of a family alerted by screams as they walked through Birch's Valley, and I'm gonna read this later on. The unnamed shocked woman said, We instantly started running towards the noise. We could find the child. we couldn't find the child anywhere, and so stopped to catch our breath. Then when I turned round she I and saw a girl stood behind me, no more than ten years old, with her hands over her eyes. Uh oh. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. <laughs> it was as if she was waiting for a birthday cake. <laughs> yep. What? I asked if she was okay. Not peekaboo. I asked if she was okay and if she had been the one screaming. Uh, she put her arms down by her side and opened her eyes. That's when I saw they were completely black. No iris, no white, nothing. I jumped back and grabbed my daughter. When I looked again, the child was gone. It was so strange.
1: Mm, you can buy contacts now You know, that do that. I know. Oh, what a And kid's people, a- <laughs> people get their eyes tattooed. I know. I'm just not brave enough. And- it took me long. I was like only four years ago, got my very first tattoo. No, no.
0: <laughs> You're listening to the Spooky Sundays Podcast. With Anne and Renata. Thank
1: you to those people who have already been texting in with their questions and their comments. We really do appreciate it. Um, And hello to Catherine, who said she just was texting in to say hello. I do like that. Hi, Catherine. Uh, And there are many people who remember what the orange pomandas were. Many. Jenny knows what they are. Mel knows what they are. Um, I seem to have lost a few questions, though. I don't know where they've all gone. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, I need to get on to my weird story. Okay. Because it's a big one. We'll we'll go through all the questions and everything when we get to spooky chat in the Mm -hmm. next uh, segment. Mm -hmm. But I would like to put a warning on this one before we head into it because there is a few things that may trigger people in here. So please, guys, if this uh, is distressing to you, uh, turn off and come back uh, after (laughs) 8.30 and speak to someone about it. Don't. Don't sit there and dwell on it. Make sure you go and chat to someone, a health professional. Look, this story tonight is about a beautiful lady, 33-year-old lady. Her name is Kelly Wilson. And she ended up um, almost dying as a result of a botched exorcism. Mm
2: -hmm.
1: But I don't think she ever actually needed to have an exorcism. Let me tell you the story. Mm -hmm. A religious fanatic Anesthe- an anesthesist? The person that puts you to sleep in an operation? Anesthesiologist. That, yeah, anesthesist. Yeah. <laughs> anesthesist. Yeah, anesthetist. 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 <laughs> <Anaesthetist>. <laughs> we're going to spend half an hour trying to say that. Who <laughs> he, he almost killed his girlfriend after injecting her with drugs during an exorcism. And he has now been jailed for 14 years. His name is Dr. Hossam Metwally. He is 61 years old and he worked at the Diana Princess of Wales Hospital in Lincolnshire in England. Uh, So he left her close to death, 33-year-old, with multiple organ failure after injecting her with painkillers and sedatives. Uh, Apparently he made dozens of recordings of himself administering the fluids through a cannula into Mm -hmm. kelly wilson whilst chanting a part of a dangerous perversion of an exorcism ritual now i do have um a a bit of a description of what this exorcism ritual is but what we need to know here is that he is an unwell man and he has taken something and done done his own thing to it Mm. right um so he had been performing the exorcism on Miss Wilson to rid her of evil spirits and, and he was supposed to be helping her out of kindness.
0: Mm-hmm. Where did they find him?
1: Uh, well, uh, they ended up calling an ambulance for um, Kelly because she was on death's door. Mm. But how did they find him in the first place to do this? Well, I'll get to that. Oh, okay, <laughs> So he went to court. He was tried. The, uh the, the trial heard how he'd been performing exorcisms. They showed them the clips. It was very graphic. Um, and he had this tube attached to her chest and he was chanting verses from the Quran. Mm-hmm. So it was an Islamic type of uh, exorcism. Mm-hmm. So that's something too important to remember, people, is that exorcism is not just for Christianity. Mm -hmm. It covers many, many faiths, and we have extremists in all faiths. Mm -hmm. And it's not the extremists that represent the faith. Absolutely. It's uh, so. Just please remember that this is a very sick man who took something and perverted it. So he was a father of four. He actually ran a pain clinic from his hometown. And he also filmed two patients, female patients, without their knowledge whilst they were getting changed in change rooms. Oops. He is a very sick puppy. So, Miss Wilson was found at Metwally's home in Grimsby in Lincolnshire in a deep coma on the brink of a cardiac arrest and with a fluid line inserted in her chest after engaging in an exorcism ritual the previous evening. He denied injecting her with anaesthetics. Of course he would. Uh, and, but did admit to the counts of voyeurism against the female patients. So, let me just jump down to here. Um. Uh, where is it? The jury was told Met Wally was prepared to endanger Miss Williams, li- Miss Wil- Wilson's life and that she was found in the deep coma because he was trying to save her. So that's why he was prepared to endanger her and put her into this deep coma because in his sick mind, this is what he needed to do to heal her. Mm-hmm. Now, this uh, now I'm not going to say it correctly. Um, he oh, first off Metwally was qualified as a doctor in Egypt and worked in Saudi Arabia before coming to the UK in '96. Right, so that he he was a qualified doctor. Mm-hmm. Uh, now this Islamic ritual to cast out evil spells, it's called Rukya, uh, R-U-Q-Y-A, and it is the process. Uh, to exercise the spirits in three stages. Now, the first stage was the removing of any distractions. This is the real process, mm-hmm. not what he did. Mm-hmm. Uh, remove any distractions such as music, uh, golden jewelry. I thought that was interesting. Uh, also, pictures uh, had to be removed from the room, which would allow the angels to enter. Yeah? The healer then tells the client and the family that everything happens by God's will, and that he's merely a mediator, also mentioning that other forms of healing, such as sorcery, are not acceptable to Islam. Mm-hmm. So, um, yes, we're talking about exorcisms with spirits, but sorcery, hmm, isn't it sort of similar?
2: Mm.
0: Well, see, so you, you can... Either, you, either. You, Well, you could label sorcery as, as being something that is suggestive of uh, the outcome being in um, somebody's favour.
1: Hmm. Okay, in the second stage, the healer determines if the client is possessed or not and tries to enter a dialogue with the spirit. The healer might ask the spirit about what type they are. Are they za which is red wind? Are they ghosts, which is awa? Are they jinn, which is a genie? Samum, which is the devils? Div? that's right, so, uh, sorry, samum Div. <laughs> I've got to get my tongue around some of these. Are uh, they there for religion, sex, or what's their reason for the possession? He asks the client instead of the spirit about dreams that they might have been having leading up to this as well. Mm-hmm. So then the next day, oh, sorry, the, after that, the healer cleans himself the room and asks people to do the same. that are involved. The third stage is the actual exorcism where they recite Quranic verses uh, and depending on the type of spirit, they've d- discovered what it is. Now, they use honey and water as a purification ritual to clean the body and soul of the sins. Now, this is where he twisted things, and instead of using honey and water, he was using fentanyl, propopol, uh, propofol, uh, ketamine, diazimol. Um, he had a whole concoction of these drugs in his house because he was an anaesthetist. Mm -hmm. Did I get it right that time? Mm -hmm. So he actually got her addicted to these drugs and was performing these exorcisms uh, and he was just a fanatic. So it was not really the religious acts that he was doing but it was his perversion.
0: Mm
1: -hmm. Oh man, this is just awful. I'm trying to skip over because it, it's like we're just about to go to the oh, the we next can, song. We can come back after the song. No, that's okay. So the, jo- the, the judge said it was a grotesque breach of trust by you as a doctor. She was found barely alive, um, and he she wasn't actually a nurse as well. So you'd think that she'd know better, but the, he was preying on women. Mm-hmm. There's only two other women they know of, but who else has he done this to? Mm-hmm. Uh, In the end, he um, was sentenced, as I said, to over 14 years. But some of the recordings showed Miss Williams strapped on a bed. In others, she was in a bath. Some she was in some sort of white liquid being administered on occasions with an electric device as well. So, Goodness gracious me. I, I just want to use this as a warning to people. If somebody comes up to you and says to you, you've got a devil or a demon or um, something that's following you around, you need to be exercised, please use your common sense. You do not – it might might make you feel special. You might think, oh, yeah, I knew there was something wrong with me. But seek help from medical professionals – that can talk you through this process. And I I, I mean mental health... Professionals, And that doesn't mean that you're insane. It means that they can actually talk to you about what's happening, that you feel this way. Am I right, Renata? Mm. Absolutely. Uh,
0: there are many reasons why people might feel that there is bad luck following them or that they have you know, done something wrong somewhere or have an attachment. We hear this all the time. Even when people come to uh, Maitland Jail, there is still a, a bunch of people that is still so scared that they will walk out with some sort of an attachment even though we continuously say to them you are in safe hands, everything will be okay. But the vulnerability of people is on many different levels Um, and if someone like this hits someone who is terribly vulnerable and that will listen to someone who they feel is great, is more empowered than they are, they're likely to be biased by those statements and so therefore they will go, well you know, that man said... I have something wrong with me, or I have someone who is following me, um, then I'm, I'm going to believe it.
1: Yeah, and the actual Islamic um, prayer for this and everything, let's go over that again, is prayer, honey, and maybe essential oils, not drugs injected into you through your chest. Mm. And it's spooky chat time. We have got some questions in already, Renata. Now, the, the topic we were going to bring up tonight, if we get time, because there's quite a bit on here already, we have um, a message here from Trisha. And she said, When I was in Tasmania with my daughters, we visited Port Arthur and decided to go on the ghost tour. I saw a child, 10-year-old figure, that was a boy playing hide-and-seek behind a pillar, plus my eldest daughter saw horses. We took photos within a field. Nothing was there, but yet when we had the photos developed, it was filled with orbs. Strange but true. Do my girls have the gift?
0: Please. (laughs) Oh, my darling, my sweetheart, Um, Tricia, it's an awesome thing that
1: you saw... These spirits. I like that they've gone to the effort to take photos to yep. see. Are they seeing it with their mind's eye mm-hmm. or are they seeing it? Is it a real thing?
0: Mm-hmm. The likelihood is that you are seeing it in your mind's eye, that it is a message that is being given to you telepathically. The orbs that you see are actually dust. And I hate to dampen the rest of the night, but... Anything that is captured on film, unless it is a figure that can be made out by the naked eye and doesn't have to be enlarged or doesn't have to be tweaked or made clearer, then the likelihood is what you are capturing is something that the camera has captured uh, and it's a reflection of a dust particle or a light anomaly or it could be refraction from water and particularly if you were
1: looking in a field where there's horses there could be uh, insects and if it's a warm day you'll have heat rising from the ground which would lift Uh, particles up.
0: And a whole lot of stuff. And who am I to talk about this stuff? Um, I've done uh, probably about six, seven, eight years of photography where I've gone to TAFE to study and I've actually worked in a photographer's laboratory where I have actually um, done Processing of film and photographs. And you were a wedding photographer. And I was a wedding <laughs> photographer. So that kind of gives me a bit of knowledge with regard to that. And digital cameras now, and this is a whole other topic that we could go on for two hours, um, have a particular way of making these orbs come through. If you look at your standard uh, cameras of a number of years ago where film had to be loaded you don't see orbs. Very rarely will you see an orb. And what we're talking about, orbs, um, for people who might not be um, aware of that word, is these round spots that you get that seem to be uh, a little bit opaque or they can be see-through. And when you enlarge them, large enough you can sometimes make out some sort of a shape or something in the center of them which many people think um, are the the captured souls of spirits but they're not they're not they're just not and you have to know how cameras work and how digital cameras work and how the flash on those cameras work to understand why these things are now being captured
1: two hours later sorry Sorry. <laughs> it's one of it's her just, favourite topics. It's
0: really frustrating because it, it leads people off the right track, which is the tel- the telepathy that's going on yeah, here.
1: Yeah, because what you were doing, Tricia, was a great thing. You were thinking logically, take a photo, see if it's really mm-hmm. there. But because of um, the wrong information that's been put out there by other people... Mm-hmm. They're um, making people think that these orb things are – if you saw it with your own eye and an orb came floating towards you in real life, that's that a would, whole different that's game. That's a different thing.
0: Absolutely. But anything
1: taken that has glass reflections or uh, the ability to have a, an aurora aurora, aura, um, reflect off it. Uh, is not going to be a spirit. Yeah. Uh, Also, Jock's going to get his cup, which is great. He was, um, he said, oh, I want something. Oh, okay. Deborah said, thank you for the music and great for all the rich witches out there. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Boontish. Yeah. Um, Apparently, portable tree uh, said that uh, her pastor—not as in delicious Alfredo—said that she had a demon attached to her. I'm assuming she. Sorry, um, but uh, you know, she uh, flicked probably the the birdie at that one. <laughs> I don't believe you had. Uh, What else have we got on there? Now, what's the question tonight? Um, Should
0: paranormal investigators or ghost hunting teams, when they come to a house because uh, someone has given them a call and said um, it's haunted, uh, I need your help, should they charge?
1: Yeah. So, what's what your you thoughts? Think? Text that uh, response through to zero four nine zero eight four triple eight six. That's zero four nine zero eight four triple eight six. So, Renata, what do you think? Do you think we should charge?
0: Oh, God. You know, we're open up, opening up a Pandora's box of evil here. Oh, I'm waiting for about, the
1: well, – I'm going to put my raincoat on and put my me umbrella we, up because the poop will be flung. When,
0: when there's talk about charging for anything, um, look, it, it depends on many, many things. We, do, we don't charge. Mm. we do charge. We don't charge when we go out, but we have really had to actually do any – Clearing,
1: because no. <laughs> no, we've been able to solve everything.
0: <laughs> Very rarely have we been a, a, have to do any clearing. Um, we've been able to sit down and you know we can take a couple of hours to chat with people and to talk through what the essence of the story is and break it down piece by piece. So we give our time freely uh, with that. Uh, if we had to travel to a, a another state, oh,
1: well, not I even I would, another state. If we have to drive for two hours somewhere,
0: yeah, I'd, I'd charge. Petrol money, yeah, because it's it's our time, but it's also wear and tear on the car and petrol and and everything to get there and to get back. Um, I think that's fair enough. But I have heard of people charging three or four hundred dollars a go, and then they will end the session saying, "I've got rid of a few, but another one has come in." You've got so, lots more here, so I'm going to have to come back, and I'm going to have to charge you another three hundred dollars. So this is where things get a bit. Dark and gruesome, and you should be really thinking about whether this particular person is doing the right thing for you. And it's not
1: like there's any qualifications in this area. No. So uh, I. As a music teacher, uh, I used to teach singing, I used to teach piano, I studied since I was seven years old, I did a degree in music, I would charge to teach singing, I would charge to teach piano, because that was a skill that I had uh, been taught, Mm -hmm. um, and had spent a lot of money on, so I need to recoup that money. Now in saying that, I just did a course that cost me $800 Mm -hmm. through the University of Edinburgh. So should I try to recoup some of that money as a paranormal investigator by sharing that knowledge with people?
0: Yeah, but it's not—it's not about recouping the money because as people who are in the uh, field, we should be studying continuously and learning, and continually keeping up with it. And that happens same in, as piano and singing. Yeah, same with every other thing. Something new comes along; you need to be on top of that, and you need to be studying and learning what the new stuff is, and um, stay stay well above the field. Um, Look, I myself, I did three, four years of um, counselling and that cost me a couple of thousand dollars to do that, Mm. you know. It's, it's a skill. I, I keep on learning that all the time. There are other avenues that I've gone into to sort of build upon that so that when I do talk to people, I'm talking with from some point of reference. But um, it's, it's actually what you're charging people for is for your knowledge base, for the stuff that's taken you 10, 20, 30 years to learn. Yeah. That's what you're charging people for.
1: We've got some feedback from various people what they are thinking about this particular topic. Uh, All right, sorry. Of course, I've pressed the wrong button, haven't I? Jo said, "Uh, hell yeah, I could do with the extra income. (laughs) But really, probably not. She enjoys doing it, so uh, she doesn't. Uh, Then we have someone here who, I just so they don't Have hate mail. Yes, people should charge. I don't know uh anyone who offers a service that doesn't charge. Why should this be different? I would expect to compensate someone for their time, but I certainly wouldn't be sucked into the paying five hundred dollars for someone to come blow smoke up my butt and tell me it's a demon. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Literally. <laughs> yep, I agree. Hmm. Uh, and I think Portable Tree's got a, uh, a good point here. Unfortunately, there are many vulnerable people out there, and some people are being ripped off because of paranormal hauntings, TV shows, etc. And yet, people find it difficult to pay money for art that one can spend hours making.
0: That is true, too. That is very true. Anyone who is a creative or an artist yep. knows that they will never, ever in a million years get their money back unless unless they're at the real top, absolutely top, top of their their profession and so well known that they just have to put a dot on a canvas and they'll get a million dollars for it. Otherwise, everyone else is struggling, doing hours and hours of stuff and they get a nominal fee, hardly enough money to cover their costs.
1: Yeah, yeah. I found this as a singer and a piano player uh, that people go, um, you're charging how much? Mm. But you just you just going to sit there and sing and play piano. It's not like you're doing, doing anything. I said, well, <laughs> ask your Aunt Doris to play piano and sing for you instead of me at your wedding. Mm-hmm. And they go... Oh. Yeah, Yeah. they don't realise that there is effort. And just because you have a talent doesn't mean that you can't charge for it. Mm. That's what people say about um, mediums and psychics as well. Well, it's a gift. It's a God-given gift. gift.
0: You can't (laughs) pay for it. But, yeah, what about setting up, uh, getting your insurances, setting up stuff, buying your equipment, doing more training? um, It's also your
1: time. And time, yes. Yes. Like, were you supposed to give up forty hours a week to do readings for people for free, and then you can't pay your own bills? Hmm. No. Mm. It's a, hump, uh, a a hard one that. Now, I've got a big one here for you. Oh, she likes a big one. Uh, right. This is Sandra. Hi, guys. My cousin's mum has just passed. It was a peaceful death. One of my cousins had a spirit with beautiful, loving energy, presumably her mum, come to her home. Her severely disabled son giggled for hours on end. However, something else seemed to have followed my other cousin home from the nursing home. Also, she has created a poltergeist. Since that time, it feels very negative in her disabled son's room. Both of my cousins have disabled children lights have been flashing on and off and glasses and bottles have smashed on their own some sage cleansing has been attempted with no effect what advice could you give we have suggested that she gets some reiki healing do you know anyone who could do a good job of cleansing the house she lives in brisbane Mm -hmm. there's so much going on there
0: so much going on there and not enough information and I always say there's not enough information I need to know the details I need to know what's going on I need to know what's going on for this person is she still so emotionally bereft after the death of someone that is close um, that she is not handling the situation uh, and that she's falling apart emotionally mentally spiritually uh, and physically and always our number one go-to is make sure you are well. Make sure there is no other medical reason for the things that are going on with the with the persons involved. That is the first thing that needs to be done and sorted. If you can come away from the doctor and and the doctor has said, no, actually, I can't find anything, uh, then the next port of call is let's look at the spiritual side of things. Let's look at what is lacking there, what has been triggered, what emotional stuff is going on, and let's settle that down first because the more settled you are, the less likely that these attachments whatever you would like to call them bad juju bad energy is going to hang around Um, and part of that is also our our fear that there is something bad going on and so we have to sit down and have to have a long chat about this Um, because she's in brisbane she'll have to find someone pretty good we, we, we may
1: be able to help. We do know some people up there. So, uh, Can you message us on the Anne and Renata uh, Frightfully Good page and we will help you out. Yeah. Right now we've got to get to a song which then heads to the news. Stay tuned because after the news we have got Renata's ghost story and my trash and treasure. Woo-hoo. Always a treat. You're listening to
0: Spooky Sundays on Newcastle Live Radio. We are... Going to go into some more stories. I was just telling Anne before we came on uh, about a gentleman that I've been in connection with over this weekend.
1: Oh, I'm excited. Who,
0: yeah, who may be able to, you know, get us into a place or two when we go over to England next year. He has connections. He has connections. Mm. That could be interesting. It's going to be an interesting 2022 as long as the universe behaves itself. I'm just sending that message out there to the universe. Excuse me.
1: I actually said to my husband today that um, my next Saturday a day off once we get through the Christmas period will be June. <laughs>
0: And I'm sorting that one out. Yeah, I think we're
1: going to go somewhere on that day.
0: (laughs) So there will be no time off. No. You can figure it out. No, he can take
1: the weekdays off. That's all I've got.
0: (laughs) Mm -hmm. Yes. So I'm progressing uh, back to the story that I started off with this evening, which was about the black-eyed children of Canuck Chase. And when I started researching this story, I found that there were many people who were writing about the black children of Canuck Chase, and they all had something a little bit different to say. And this is where we go back into the biases and of what people learn uh, when it comes to the paranormal and how they then adjust their view to suit what they have learned. Mm-hmm. Rather than kind of going in and going, maybe it is something else or maybe I should learn a little bit more or, or look at other opportunities or options, um, I've learned this and that is the category I'm going to stick this story in. So let's read another um Person's uh, experiences about the black eyed children of Cannock Case or Chase, sorry, Chase Cannock Chase. Uh, The locals of Cannock Chase in Staffordshire, England know the area for its beauty and its scenic bike trails and hiking trails. However, the English are serious ghost hunters and they found something a little bit more sinister. At Chase. Of
1: course they did.
0: During the 1960s an evil monster prowled the area seeking young female victims. Ooh. Margaret Reynolds, a 6-year-old girl vanished while on her way to school in September 1965. A search party of 2000 people searched for her and they didn't find her. Oh no. Before 1965 ended a 5-year-old girl named Diane Tift left home to visit her grandmother. She never made it. Her brother Terence was the last person to see her alive. On January twelfth, 1966, a man found the body of a dead girl in a ditch in Cannock Chase. The police soon arrived to investigate. After removing one body, they found the crumpled body of another dead girl. Someone had murdered the girls and then stacked them on top of each other. Margaret Reynolds and Diane Tift were no longer missing. They were dead. In August 1967, a man had approached a seven-year-old girl named Christine Darby. He had pulled up to Christine and persuaded her to get into his car. Another child witnessed Christine enter the stranger's car. No one saw Christine alive again. Someone found her body within several days of her disappearance. Her unknown killer had strangled her and then dumped her body a mile away from the other two murdered girls. The killer eventually got careless. While driving his green and white Corsair, he tried to abduct another girl. Fortunately, a neighbour saw the abduction attempt and yelled at the man. The neighbour then called the police. The neighbour observed the car's licence plate. The car belonged to a factory worker named Raymond Morris. He was a creepy man that had allegedly taken photos of schoolgirls in 1966. However, there wasn't enough proof to arrest him for anything. He would eventually kill at least one more girl. Authorities arrested and then tried Morris in 1969 for killing Christine Darby. One officer involved in the investigation said Morris had cold, calculating eyes and showed no remorse. It's believed he killed the other two girls, but there was only ever enough evidence for Morris to be charged with killing Christine. He would never see another day outside of prison. A jury convicted Morris in two hours on February 18, 1969. He received a life sentence and after spending 45 years in prison, he died on March the 11th, 2014. However, this isn't the end of the story. I want to tell you about an old legend that people, may, um, that people from many nations have shared in various language languages. It's the legend of the black-eyed children. For many years, people have claimed to have encountered ghostly children without eyes. Some claim they are aliens, while others have claimed they are ghosts of murdered children, most likely who have either read about this legend or seen a movie about it. Canuck Chase is one place where people have claimed to see a ghostly girl walking the trails. Those who have been unfortunate enough to see her claim she has no eyes; she has two dark orbs that have replaced her eyes. Not the orbs. No, yeah, <laughs> <clears throat> it's just another word for round things. Okay. Some people think Christine Darby Spencer is going to bring you a bunch
1: of orbs <laughs> for your birthday. <laughs>
0: Um, Some people think Christine Darby spends her eternity wandering because she cannot see, and the reason she cannot see is that Raymond Morris put a blindfold on Christine after abducting her. Isn't that interesting? Others think Morris may have also killed and assaulted many other young girls. No one knows exactly how many children Raymond, Raymond Morris killed. Is it possible that spirits of these deceased girls are still seeking the justice they never received while alive? So there's another fellow called Mark, who is a longtime resident of Claremont um, County and an avid reader. And you can actually contact him through his macabre.com page. Uh, And he also has a Facebook page called The Macabre and also a podcast called Catch My Killer. And this is what he writes. On Saturday, the 13th of September, my wife and I were walking through Canuck Chase near the Stile Cop with our dog. Once we had entered the woodland and the road was no longer visible, we started to hear the giggling noise of a little girl. Mm. That sounded like a sick pony. (laughs) To our amazement, a child no taller than one metre in height appeared as if out of nowhere, further up the path in front of us. We stopped dead in our tracks after noticing her eyes had no colour. Hello, mister. Her head was tilted to the side in much the same way it would appear if she had been hung. He stared. Don't, don't
1: breathe heavily, Renata. Don't he, breathe heavily. He stared,
0: uh, she stared at us for about five minutes. That's be- a long. That's a long, long time. time.
1: It's a long time. I think that might
0: have been a slight exaggeration. Before running away into a densely grouped area of trees, my wife wanted to follow her, but I was having none of it. An earlier description of the girl mirrors that of those chronicled in the early nineteen eighties. So there's another fella paranormal investigator lee brickley who is looking into the sightings of black-eyed children around two months ago my daughter and i were walking through birches valley when we heard the screams of a young child, I couldn't tell if it was a boy or a girl, but they definitely seemed in distress and sounded very close to us. So we instantly started running towards the noise. We couldn't find the child anywhere and so
1: stopped to catch our breath. Isn't this the story you told at the start? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. Sorry. <laughs> and Just sit through it again, people. That, that's Enjoy. What... <laughs> Shut up. Shut up. Uh, that's when i turned around and
0: saw a girl behind me no more than 10 years old with her hands over her eyes while she was waiting for a birthday cake yep, While think... she was waiting for a birthday cake yeah yeah and i asked her if she was okay she you know blah, 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 blah. i jumped back and grabbed my daughter when she, she took her hands down and she had no freaking eyes she had black holes
1: she's got dementia
0: she doesn't remember <laughs> she's read this no i'm just i'm the thre- i'm gathering I'll the, three gathering different the stories so we could right? have said the
1: story we did earlier
0: oh. <laughs> (laughs) See see what I have to put up with people? I
1: I botched up my story. I had to do hers.
0: I jumped back and grabbed my daughter when I looked again the child was gone. Disappeared? It was strange really. I knew something was going to happen even before it did. I just had Premonition. a weird feeling. <laughs> now, Brickley told the HuffPost UK in my opinion the black-eyed child seems to be some kind of demon. That's of what course. I'm trying to get to. Right, okay. So we've had one person say it's a demon, one person say it's an alien and one person say it's a child that died of diphtheria or something. So who's or. right? Who's right? Uh, while it might seem that a standard spectral encounter almost all of the reports involve the child leading people towards potentially dangerous situations. No, they don't. It doesn't say that anywhere.
1: They just stood there and looked at them for five minutes oh. and then ran away. How's that leading them towards? So I oh. have
0: I have received nine different reports in the last two years from seemingly credible witnesses.
1: There's going to be a movie about black During kids, interviews, isn't
0: there? I think there's been one. Yeah. During interviews, most of their stories have been very similar. That's
1: because they were appeared in the paper, and they copy them. Dumb person. So we found in our true hauntings research, they just all copy each other.
0: I'm also appealing for more reports. So if anyone has any information, ask that they get in touch as soon as
1: possible. I think we're getting cynical, Renata. Well, the
0: thing about this is that um, yes, people have seen these things allegedly, and everyone has a different opinion on what it is. That's that's the whole gist of what I was trying to
1: get out. And the thing is, which one is right? Well, we don't know. We don't know. We won't know till we catch one and dissect it. Yes. <laughs> We look, we want to give a shout-out to Addison, whose um, birthday is today. That's Renee's daughter. She is six years old. Oh, Addison, this is for you. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday, dear Addison. Happy birthday to you. Oh, how many? Oh, oh God, we're good. Um, and we have a complaint from Jo. First off, she said that she's picked the wrong careers all round because she's a paranormal investigator, can't get paid, <laughs> uh, and she's also a wildlife rescuer. Yeah, can't, can't get, get paid. paid. And costs her money, so she's she screwed. But the um, she said here that she's got a complaint. She wants to know what's going on because she hasn't heard the word penis yet. <laughs> Fix that problem. Okay, my turn. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh. Oh, oh beautiful no. <laughs> people, it is time for paranormal trash or treasure oh. with in. strap in <laughs> well, strap down. Now I, I have to tell you that while I was doing the research for this mm-hmm. I found your Christmas present. Oh, did you? And I had to put a bid in on it. Oh no. So if if I win Okay I'll have to present it to you here live on radio mm-hmm. um and you can meet them.
0: Mm. Oh them! Mm. Oh, Mm. Mm.
1: let's say I was researching this topic when I found her. Okay, all right, you'll love her. Anyway, tonight we're going to meet Bessie. Bessie. Now her picture is on the uh, Newcastle Live Radio Group Facebook page, Mm -hmm. Uh, and she's a very cute little doll. She is now. She's wearing a little costume, isn't she? Yes, she is. Now, what is it? I'm not saying. Why not? Because it's got nothing to do with. <laughs> She's yeah. wearing what looks like to be a traditional Polish costume or similar. Yeah, uh, it's I, not, but I, I recognise it because uh-huh. um, when we got married, when as I said, it is our wedding anniversary today. Um, we had our nieces and nephews wear the traditional Polish costumes mm-hmm. that they used to go to Polish school in. So mm-hmm. she doesn't look horrible or nasty or possessed at all. No. but her name is Bessie, very Polish name, extremely. Um, and the, the title says, Haunted Doll Bessie, Medium Spirit Protector, Premonition's Dream Apparitions. Oh, she covers right. quite a bit, doesn't mm. she? Now, she's only... Good f- SEO there. <laughs> We're learning about SEO. Uh, and look, she's only 49.50 pound. Oh, pound, right. But this is the part that you will love most about this doll, Renata. Mm-hmm. She is nine inches. <laughs> And made out of porcelain in very good condition. Oh, nice. Um, Now, this this person has put in capital letters here, Do not waste my time. If you're not actually going to pay for her. Uh Anyway, she says, welcome to the auction and meet from her very own collection, Bessie. Bessie is a very powerful protector. She is the spirit of a medium and clairvoyant who always helped people. Uh Bessie has asked me to find her a new home as she feels that she is very urgently needed elsewhere and not here. I am very sad to list her, but I must abide by her wishes, especially as she feels that she is wasting time here when I could be elsewhere. Mm -hmm. Very chatty doll. Mm -hmm. Bessie communicates mainly through dreams and by meditation. Oh, that's interesting. That's when your imagination's at its most active, isn't it? Mm -hmm. (laughs) Yes. She projects premonitions into her owner's dreams. The dreams are very vivid. And the more time that you spend around her, the more vivid they will become. Mm -hmm. In capital letters, place Bessie by your bed all nine inches of her, preferably away from other spirits, you have to tell the other spirits to move over, so that she can show you warnings and premonitions. Bessie is saying that for maximum effect, it is best if I am placed alone by your bedside, so that my energies are not mixed up with other spirits you're going to have to move the vodka from your bedside table. Oh, dear. Okay. She has shown me various scenarios of what may happen if, including pictures, visions of me rushing to work early morning and forgetting to do something important, you will only have to go back to the house to get this. So get up a few minutes earlier or organise yourself the night before. She's very helpful. She's like your own personal secretary, this doll. She's she's like Alexa. (laughs) Alexa said a reminder. Um, Bessie had warned me about smoke alarms in my flat. Ooh. Mm. I had a very disturbing dream of fires and I would wake up with a start. Well, I was drawn to checking these smoke alarms and I realised that they did not have any batteries in them well, there you go. What happened to the batteries? Did they just abort and disappear? Maybe they never had batteries in the first place. Well, why would you bother putting them up there if you weren't going to have batteries in them? Anyway, um, so if there'd been a fire in the, the flat, that would have died. Mm. Mm-hmm. I also had a premonition and a very strong urge to rush back to my house to check that the door was locked. Normally I would ignore the urge, but it was a very powerful and worrying sensation. When I got home, I saw Saw the back window had been left wide open, which could have been a possible invitation to a, buckler. Right. a burglar. Right. B- burglar. Bessie has told me that she will protect the whole family and she is very insistent that she needs to leave as soon as possible. So this is why I am feeling strongly that I need to list her. Bessie has found... Bessie was found in a quaint trinket shop in Holland. I realised that she was more than just a doll as her energies were very strong and inviting. Bessie has said that she needs to help as many people as possible. So if you ever feel that she is needed elsewhere, please pass her on or lend her to anyone who may need her. Questions are very welcome. All sales are final and there are no returns. Well, at least she's a good little doll. I know. She's very helpful. I had to leave sex alone for the week. I thought oh, I can't yeah, do no, another no. one of <laughs> <laughs> No. No. We, we don't. But need, no, we don't. Need she sounds She she sounds very nice. Oh I mean she did all that. She's worth the the, the ninety two dollars eighty two Australian. Absolutely, she is available on eBay right now. Mm-hmm. If anyone is interested, you just have to type in "Haunted Doll Bessie Medium Spirit Protector Premonitions Dream Apparitions" and you will find her straight away. <laughs> oh, nice. You like her? Yeah. Do you think she's trash or treasure?
0: Um, she's probably trash. She's but, trash, but she, she's but, helpful trash. But at least, at least this person has kind of gone for the, the nice side of things. And it's not an evil demonic doll or, you know, anything like that. It's, it's a nice it's, change, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, it's, it's a lovely little doll that will help and assist you and, and make sure that you've closed all your windows and doors and not left the
1: iron on before you leave the house. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Well, we've got a message, <coughs> sorry, from Deborah Ann saying, telling someone uh, who believes everything is an orb, but look at the face of Telling them about pareidolia, and they look at you like you're an asshole. (laughs) So true. And we're not we, we are oh not saying gosh. Trisha is like that at all. No. We we're, we're just saying that we have had experiences with people and you explain to them like Renata did she gets very passionate about it she has knowledge and then they look at you and go you don't know what you're talking about. Yeah, I have no idea. No idea. So that's and that's okay. That's why we take a deep breath every time somebody mentions orbs because um, We don't want to upset people. Mm -hmm. We don't like upsetting people. Uh, And some people like Tricia are quite happy to learn and and know more, but then they get the ones who are just really hard-headed, aren't they?
0: Mm. Yep. And have written books about it.
1: There's actually, when we were at the last Mind, Body, Spirit Expo, there was a lady who was an orbologist. <coughs> do you remember that? I do. She had do. pictures up of all the different yep. orbs and had explanations for all of them, and so did we. Yes. But um, no, hers were the right ones, apparently.
0: Yeah. And look, that's okay. Everyone's at a particular level. Yep. Yeah. Um, All I ask of people is they keep an open mind and they have a look at what alternative explanations there might be. That's all. So if you ask for an explanation or if you ask for an opinion, don't shut that person down the moment they open their mouths and go, well, I think it's this.
1: We could be wrong. We could be wrong. We don't really know. We do. but (laughs) We
0: Just before we go to our lovely Christy, um, a big shout out to one of our grand Pooh bars, Lisa, who travelled all the way from Sydney to be at our
1: Maitland jail tour last night. She even stayed in a haunted hotel last night. Yeah,
0: <laughs> what a delightful woman that is. Oh yes, she was beautiful. She was, and she
1: stayed behind to help us pack up, and we had a, a really good chat. It was yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I just I feel so privileged that we have people who will travel that far to come and hang out. with this. yeah, yeah, maybe so, it was the jail and not us, but you know, um, Lisa, thank you from the bottom of our hearts. We loved having you, and, and l- uh, you're going to come back for the Wollenby sleepover, yes. Uh, and Lisa is one of our Patreon supporters, and you can support us if you enjoy the sort of work that we do. Consider becoming a Patreon supporter, All you have to do is look up Anne and Renata, frightfully good, and on Patreon, and you will find us. Um, so what Christy, have we got? how are you? Hello, I'm good. Hello. Yeah.
2: So tonight, pomanders. And uh, Why uh, am I, I, I talking
0: about? Them? You said you're taking us back to the 13th century. So I
1: thought it was. I thought it was only the 70s. You know, why are you talking well,
0: when
1: about? When Renata was a wee.
0: Business. Now don't don't get involved in that, please. I can't have the no. two of you doing this. I was
2: actually inspired to talk about Pamandas tonight from listening to the last two episodes of True Hauntings. Oh. oh. So that's your podcast, by the way. We inspired somebody, Renata. Oh. Okay. Tell me why. So the London Underground and the episode of For the Rocks. Mm -hmm. So the world was just covered in steaming
1: piles of
2: poo. (laughs) Yes, that That's is my takeaway from those two episodes. <laughs> <Great>. <laughs> that is true.
1: We are educators. <laughs>
2: That's right. And, you know, and I, th- and I was just thinking the stench would have just pervaded everything 24-7. It'd mm. be on the bottom of your clothes. It'd be on your shoes. It would just be everywhere. be poopy. <laughs> and, you know, not to mention the fact back in, you know, those... 1700s, 1800s, you know, bathing wasn't a daily,
1: weekly or monthly ritual. No, it wasn't. Not enough lavender in the world to cope with (laughs) it. That's right. You
2: could only imagine that waft combined with (laughs) steaming piles of
0: poo. That's why women women took flowers to the wedding. Oh, was it? Yes, Yes. that's why they had
2: bouquets.
1: To cover the odour. Oh my god. To
2: cover the odour. Yeah. But a permanda. So that actually translates as apple of perfume. So it was actually first mentioned in the thirteenth in literature in the thirteenth century, and now we're going to fast forward. There you go. I started thirteenth century, but over the centuries, you know, you could wear one on a neck chain or you could hang it from your belt. Um, so you would have that nice aroma coming up, you know, from your body rather than your bodily So smells, you I
0: guess. you actually had the pomander hanging from your clothing.
2: Yes. Yes. Yeah. Oh, that's interesting. Yes. But people also believe that it could also protect you against infections at t- in times of pestilence. So, you know, they would actually carry it in their hand and there is actually a, a portrait, I think, of Queen Victoria sitting there with a uh, pomander in her hand. So, you know, they would just put it in front of their face rather than a mask and just, you know, smell, you know, the, whatever perfume would come because sometimes it was just wood soaked in oil. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. With that, so yeah, so I guess you know, in the modern, more modern times, where a pomander is usually made from an orange, started with cloves, and it's hung to cure. So you can use it as an air freshener, or you can pop it in your drawers to scent your linens, linens and clothing. Renata, and
1: Renata, we, hang on. We we don't. When she says drawers, she does not mean your underwear. <laughs> okay. Just we could pop one in there
2: if you wanted to. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, oh no I'm not even gonna No say. don't just, don't just move don't, on. Don't move on. So while it is also a practical way of scenting the air, it can also keep flies away, which is great for the summers <laughs> <We're laughs> so you in your drawer, up to you. Why and do you do this on. to us every week, Christy? <laughs> oh, it's just your dirty mind. <laughs> Like that, I'm just talking normal, yeah? <laughs> but let's talk about pomanders in a magical way. Oh, like yes, so, please. So they can be used to attract money and, you know, for security. So it's a beautiful craft to make for Christmas because you can use them for decorating. So you can decorate them with coloured ribbons and hang them like as baubles. I'm just ignoring you. I'm going to keep going. <laughs> Listeners. Just let them
1: just let them go. We can't talk anyway, so go for it. <laughs> so with
2: the with the bananas the smell lasts for a long time. So when the smell's actually gone, you can actually burn them as an offering. <laughs> <Very good. laughs> so how to make one. So, <laughs> Wrap your orange in ribbon, so you can do it in a cross design, and then you can use pins to hold the ribbon in place. Oh, these old ladies have lost it. And then you can stud the orange in any design you like. So, studding it with the cloves. So, just make sure the cloves don't touch each other, because actually, as the orange dries, it shrinks, right. and the cloves actually draw in, and they can um, fall out. So, leave enough space in there for your cloves. Mm-hmm. Um, You can cure your Pomanda in the oven, so just on low temp for about 150 degrees for an hour or two. Mm -hmm. Um, And you can also, also, for a longer way, place them in a paper bag in a cool dry place for six weeks. But doing it that way, you have to keep checking them in case there is any moisture and they actually start to mould.
1: Oh, this is true. Now you can't I can't have mouldy drawers. Uh, no, over
0: over in England, they're really big on the uh, dried fruits and, and cinnamon sticks and everything f- around Christmas time. Oh, I remember the yeah, mouldy wine we had. Yeah. Oh. When you go over there, all of their their like their shops have these things that you can hang up, and they're made of all of these beautiful pieces of oranges and lemons and cinnamon, and, and the smell is just
1: divine. And I remember making one of these <laughs> with my mother, and it's actually my mother's birthday today as well. Oh, She's, she's now passed on, but um, I, that's how I was first introduced to them, was this the orange, and I bought some last year. I bought two oranges and two bags of cloves, and I was ready to make some, and then Roman ate the oranges. <laughs>
2: <laughs> <coughs> um. But, yeah, so once you make them, if you're putting them in a bag, you can actually roll them in cinnamon or nutmeg or spice, something like that, just to add to that fragrance with them as well. Um, but if you are creating your pomander um, for magical use, so for prosperity or um, as you stud the clothes, do it consciously and with intention for the prosperity and the abundance that you want to call into your life.
1: I'm going to make a pomander. Crafting. I reckon we should do a yeah. live video making we'll do,
0: <laughs> we'll do a live video making That's a good idea. I think Let's we'll, do, do that. we'll do that for Christmas. Yeah.
1: And can we drink wine while we're doing we it? Can we? <laughs> we can. That, that we'll be doing drunk pommeanders <laughs> by the end of it. And popping them in your drawers. And, and Christy, if, if you're allowed out of the house by then, you can come join us. All three of us can make pommeanders. All
2: right, let's make it a date, the 19th. <laughs> Sunday right. the 19th. All it's right. we'll come in and it's start, Day. To start
1: an orange with you. <laughs> we can I, do it in studio.
0: <laughs> I, I think that's a brilliant idea. And I'm, I, I really love the fact that you brought this up because this, for many people, uh, is bringing back lots of memories of family time when they did things that were far more simple. They actually made things for Christmas and um, decorated them and there was a mission behind that, an intention. Uh, and all of that seems to be lost nowadays as we sort of just these go to the shops days, and get
1: things. These bloody young people oh, I <laughs> have forgotten how
0: to do all <laughs> these things. Oh Well, once again, Christy, thank you so much for your information and uh, your wonderful insight into pomanders. Um, we've had some uh, amazing feedback while you've been talking. Uh, Deborah Ann says, I'll never have to buy fly spray ever again, <laughs> which is just awesome. Um, yes, and, uh, Yes, absolutely. So thank you very much. We will see you or listen to your insights next week again. And if people want to buy anything from you, where do they go?
1: girlsandsturrets.com.au Awesome. And to support local business people, go buy your presents from local businesses and uh, make everyone have a happy Christmas. Yes.
0: You're listening to the Spooky Sundays Podcast. With Anne and Renata. Don't you just love Christie's uh, portions of the show? Aren't she, they just amazing?
1: She's wicked. She sets us off into a, po- a puddle every week. I know. And I don't right? even know what she does to do it. <laughs> I've got no idea, but we just we start to wheeze and we can't talk.
0: Yeah. And look, I, we do hope that uh, our two hours of um, a Sunday evening are here as entertainment for you all that are listening and that you might find it in your to tell other people to come on and have a listen to. We are we are doing it in a bit of a, a light hearted way because otherwise it would just be a dull and boring Sunday evening and we would lose you
1: all. So we need to keep it entertaining. But when we when it actually comes to the work of dealing with people who have problems and oh, believe they have ghosts in the house. We are super serious. We are super serious uh, in a very friendly way. Um, I do believe we have good knowledge mm-hmm. on on what we are doing, and we hope that we don't lead people astray. No. Well, we do in some areas, but not not in the paranormal area. No, no, no. So when you're asking us a specific question
0: about something, we do come at it. Um uh, with as much knowledge as we
1: can. And if we don't know something, we'll go searching for it. We don't well, make stuff up. No, we will say we don't know, but we will find out for you. Um, and look, a portable Christmas tree, as yes. she's now calling herself, um, we're will be. Uh, we going to take what you've suggested there as your pet peeve, and we're going to talk about that next week. Yes, because Downloads. I, know, I know this
0: so well. I have heard
1: this so many times. Downloads. Now, be- before we Oh, do- Robert just said it would be as dry as a Sunday roast, if you were serious. <laughs> It's true hey right? my Sunday roasts aren't dry they <laughs> moist oh I hate that word <laughs> we've got t-shirts with that word on it thanks Isaac
0: <laughs> now um, just before uh, anything else I want to give a shout out to all of those people who are carers for people who are unwell or have disabilities or are looking after elderly parents or what in whatever capacity you are a carer I am sending you thousands of hugs and I am sending you so much Determination, courage, and everything else that you need to keep this going. Because over the last few years, my husband has been quite <laughs> unwell, and I have kind of, in a way, taken a position of carer for him. And uh, a few days ago, I had um, an issue at a particular very large store in um, Newcastle, where begins he,
1: with C, ends with O,
0: <laughs> <laughs> where he could not walk, and we were waiting for a mobile, like a, a mobility scooter and that didn't arrive. And so we had to use a wheelchair to get him around And number one. He's a big man. He couldn't fit into that freaking wheelchair. And then I had to try and push around like 150, 160 kilos. And I thought my back was going to break. So honestly, these people that just do this on a day-to-day basis, (coughs) they, they find a way of getting up in the morning and going, I need to look after whoever it is that I'm looking after and I'm going to do the best work that I can. To you, I send my love (laughs) and my admiration because not enough
1: people, I think, spend time saying how great you guys are. And look, I think it's really important that you put yourself first sometimes. I really think it's so important because you can't be the best you can be for other people if you are not the best for yourself.
0: Yeah, if you're finding yourself close to a breakdown, <coughs> find a friend um, yep. or get
1: a day off. Talk to your doctor, talk get some to your respite. Doctor,
0: whatever it is, um, because you guys,
1: you know, people depend on you. So, yep. And I've just got a happy note here for you, Renata. Mm-hmm. Jess texted in to say that she enjoys Brittany too.
0: Oh, thank you. There's two of us.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Deborah Ann just popped in to say, love the show. I used to watch boring telly, but now I listen to you guys and oh. Laugh and dance. The two hours go too fast. They do. I don't reckon they? we should go to a three hour no, show. No, what do you reckon? No. J- no. Just text through with the three hours. No. Three hours. No. If you want us to go for three oh hours. Oh my
0: god, I couldn't.
1: I'd or have maybe to have, twice a week. I we have to have medication.
0: Camps. I'd have to. <laughs> I I can help there. i have to be medicated, no. (laughs)
1: There's there's only so much stuff you can do for free, eh? Jenny also said, look forward to listening to you each Sunday night. It really makes my week. Oh, thank you. Remember we used to do our Sunday show? When we first started off, we were the Paranormal Party podcast. Yes. We were doing live shows on Facebook and uh, we used to dress up with wigs and and funny glasses and the eyes that would come off your glasses with springs on them and, and... and, yeah, we and did do serious paranormal stuff with laughter. Mm-hmm. That, that's been like. Three or four years? At least four years. Wow. Four years. So we've been bringing laughter to the paranormal for four years. Yep.
0: (laughs) And on that note, we are going to say goodnight for this evening. And uh, we hope you are all well and understand that the crazy season is upon us. So please be aware of all safety as you go about your
1: week ahead. Crispy says three hours. Paul Biltree says three hours. Jenny Elton says four hours.
0: (laughs) No, you crazy people, <laughs> for goodness sake. Um, yes, so we say sayonara, goodbye, good evening, gutenacht, dovidzenia, dobranoc, and everything else. Bye. Bye. <laughs> and uh, we'll see you see again you next, next week. week. Bye. Most mysteries can be solved by looking at the facts, but sometimes the facts don't give us the answer. So it's time to call in Anne and Renata. Spooky Sundays, when the truth lies beyond a logical answer. Dive deep into the world of the unknown with real ghost stories and the unexplainable. Sometimes unconventional, but always entertaining. It's Spooky Sundays with Anne and Renata. Sunday from 8pm, only on Newcastle Live.